Hello and welcome back. We're joined now with my wonderful husband, Hunter Yoder, um, to talk with us again here on Big Mama Hex. This time about his experiences with elder, elderberry and or frohala. So welcome, Hunter. Hello. Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, I really absolutely. enjoy your podcast. <laughs> How many times have you listened? Every time. All right. So you've shared some stories with me, some personal stories about particularly I'm interested in um, your stories about interacting with elder as a child, because it's, it's always fun to listen to you talk about your childhood because it's also so, um, what's the word? Whimsical to me. Yeah. And just really magical, you know, cause I grew up in the suburbs. So your experience was very different. So I wanted to ask you about that. And then I also wanted to ask you about how we ended up with our elder patch. I don't know how to describe it. I'd love to hear that story too, because I also really love that story. So if you could start off with um, your earliest memory of elder and and coming upon the plant. Sure. Um, well, my uh, first encounter with the elder um, was actually in Sullivan County. My parents had a... Uh, a uh, vacation place up there it was like started off as a deer uh, hunting lodge and then it got fixed up and, and she did a nice property up there and uh, <clears throat> uh, it's very stony up there and I guess they, they at one point there was a lot of orchards and they did try to do some farming but they actually picked all the rocks out of the fields and right they have these huge piles of rocks and located uh, sporadically around the place and um, in these rock piled areas is where I first encountered uh, the elder. My mother would make elderberry uh, jam um, and we would uh, pick elderberry for that. I mean there was also blackberries, blueberries, <clears throat> raspberries up there. And I was, I, I was and still am an avid picker, hunter, gatherer type guy. So um, I was maybe eight years old. And then um, later on, um, I, I was in uh, college, a freshman in college, needed housing, and um, decided that I would build an authentic um, a Blackfoot TP and live in it. And, um, and go through, I read a book and went through all the steps of, of what was used by the, the Blackfeet Indians. And um, it also included the elder and the elder was uh, cut and the bark removed uh, for lacing pins on the TP. Uh, the TP is like a coat, you put it on and then you lace it up, this, up the front. Um, so uh, I, I <clears throat> used it in that context. This was in the 70s, like early 70s. Um, and uh, so I had familiarity with it. And, uh, and I, I would just say, should I do you want me to continue? Yeah, sorry. I just didn't. I'll cut that part out. Go ahead. Okay. So I would just say that any, um, any contribution I can make or, or my strong... Uh, point is in my actual uh, 
physical contact with this stuff and not so much stuff in books, but my own personal uh, direct experience with uh, plants and, and the rest. Yeah, it's really interesting because your story about your stories about plants and and the elder actually reminds me a lot of Susan Hess's story because she also first encountered a lot of the uh, plants that then she was interested in and studied. So it was sort of um, a very um, natural progression. And so I, I really appreciate that. And that's sort of how I approach art as well. It's like through the visual um, aesthetic, not necessarily through books and interest in researching, but rather interested through the visual. So that's very, very cool. Um, I'm curious now, when you were in college, you fast tracked pretty, pretty rapidly. Like, where did you find the elder for the TP? Oh, oh that's a good question. Do you remember? It was a, it was yeah, a I, fun I cut, time. No, I, cut, <laughs> I cut the lodge poles and then I had to remove the bark and the elder. Where do you think you found I it? I think it might've been up in Sullivan County. Oh, okay. It might've so been there. What was the reason that they, like what properties did it have that would that would make it something so specific that they would want you to use that because the bark is I think they used it for arrows also mm. it's very the it's very light yeah and um it's straight it's not very sturdy though and and the what no it's not um right. but the lacing pins were only maybe a foot long oh okay or maybe a little longer and then you you uh, the one end you you carve down to a point and you also remove the bark and then the wood was in such a way that it had, uh, um, you know, irregularities so that when you put the, the lacing pin in the canvas, um, it wouldn't slide right out. It was, um, it would remain in place. So um, that, that was uh, why it was used. And I'm trying to think what else. I mean, uh, living in, in the, the, the Blackfoot teepee was an incredible experience. You just had like a uh, direct uh, connection with the weather at all times. And, uh, and, and then when the fire on the inside, the smoke flaps, and you knew the direction of the wind, uh, and the fire at night was really great. And uh, I had a great, I had a ball until it got too cold. Yeah, how long were you? <laughs> Were you there? Because I know I saw a picture. Was it of your brother in front of it? There was a picture that I did see. Yes. Yeah. yeah gotcha. Yeah. How was, long about were you there? And it was. Oh, a good I did time, it over right? several years. I mean, it, I mean, in the winter. You know, oh, you just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I ended up in Crumbsville in a storefront that I rented up there, um, and had as a studio, and, and also I think I also ended up. I had a studio also in Kutztown behind Mrs. Ruth, the fortune teller. Uh, That's Main so Street. perfect. Yeah. So was the TP actually in Kutztown? Was it on that No, property? it was out on uh, Greenwich Township. Oh, okay. And um, I had my own postal, uh, postal address and I had uh, electricity. Wow. And, um, it was an 18 foot diameter. Wow. And, uh, we should build one for the kids. They would love that. It's yeah. very cool. Um, Okay, so let's let's talk about so so let's just let's just uh, rewind for a moment. When your mom was making the jam and the elderberry jam, um, mm -hmm. were you sort of help 
helping her with that? Or was I it would, more you would pick the berries? Um, Were you part of the process of the actual I'm jam? sure I was also helping her in the kitchen, but mostly I was up there. I would uh, pick. Yeah. And I picked a lot of stuff, um, and I still do. Uh, it's just something that I... Right now I got to pick... Uh, it's almost time for me to pick those uh, snap peas. Yes. And we just... What, we just cut the elderflowers and made... Uh, uh, Fritters. Elder... Uh, flower fritters, yes. or, but holler bluma fritters in Dutch. Yeah, I'm just curious about that. And also, remember Mervin told us that they would pick wild strawberries and make jam out of it. Oh yeah, we did that too. Yeah, yeah the little, the, the, the tiny little, ones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I remember he said Johnny Ott would pay them, maybe in candy, <laughs> Fifth Avenue. Yeah, I yeah. imagine. Yeah, um, he's a nice guy. I love I love hearing these stories of the area that you grew up in because it like I mentioned it seems like such a magical place and I know you've talked a lot about just walking and walking and walking and getting lost and just you know letting you know nature guide you or whatever. Um, no, I wouldn't get lost. Um, but I, I, I meant lost in like time and space. You would just yeah, I mean surrender to nature. I yeah, guess. it was before I had my driver's license, so uh, it would be we would. Me and friends would uh, maybe like walk off from my house to their house all night long and then back. Yeah. And I knew all like the off-road uh, paths uh, to avoid uh, being blinded by headlights. Yeah, I bet. Um, so, so fast forward to a little bit before we met. Um, when did Elder come back into your life after the TP? Had um, it been something that, as you spent some time in New York, did you encounter it there at all, or how uh, did no? How did we end up with our? Um, oh, okay. Um, patch now. <laughs> I I um. This is a well known story. I uh, got involved with plant uh, teachers and plant energy, and uh, one of my primary plant teachers was uh, San Pedro Cactus, uh, <clears throat> which is um, has the same, similar, very similar properties to uh, peyote. It's, uh, mescaline is one of the primary alkaloids. So on um, a San Pedro trip, uh, I, was, um, I was into shamanism at the time. It's, it's used in uh, South American shamanism. Anyway, I was instructed through the plant which is an incredible, incredible plant. Very, uh, very uh, positive. It's a very positive experience, and it gives you insight into your entire life. Anyway, I was instructed to return to Berks County. I was living in Brooklyn at the time, and that the shamanism I sought was there. So, through a search, going like Berks County shamanism, I, I came up with Braukarai uh, or uh, powwow magic. Um, and and then through that, I joined a group, uh, Hexenkunst, uh, Yahoo group. And and on that group um, were, um, was uh, Susan Hess. And Susan Hess uh, was working with uh, uh, um, Toby. Jesse Tobin, yeah. yeah. Three sisters, they had a little organization and a, a publication and um so at one point i came down and stopped she had a place in coventry and she had a elder 
plants and she had all her her other herbs and, and, and plants and uh, she gave me one and then I uh, took it to, to back to Brooklyn where I was living and I grew it there and it, it grew into a huge bush and um, so was it in the ground in Brooklyn yeah yeah in the backyard oh, wow and then I had rabbits there I had like hundreds of rabbits and I, I'd actually put a fence around the bush um, oh my gosh why because it was dangerous for them no 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 they would eat the damn thing <laughs> and they they even figured out they after a while they started burrowing and uh, oh my rabbits gosh. you leave them alone long enough they start digging holes and uh, they were eating the roots and uh, it was doing very well and so then I bought a place in Philadelphia and um, around 2008 and I took a couple cuttings and rooted them out and I took it down I guess three Two or three, and uh, I had them in pots for a long time there. Didn't plant them in the ground in Philly, and then I bought a place here in Boyertown, and uh, we moved here, and then I finally planted them uh, here. Yeah, you planted one, and you said it's a small bush, right? <laughs> and you tricked me. Well, yeah, that was. <laughs> tricked you a lot yeah indeed but um at speaking of surrender i've come to surrender myself because she's certainly not going anywhere and uh have grown to really love our elder but i'm curious if you find um do you feel that you connect to the plant spirit or or for holler or anything like that like do you oh yeah absolutely yeah i would say to characterize um elder um i was interested in trees as goddesses mm -hmm. and this goes way back into the uh, i guess neolithic period um where trees were worshipped anyway the elder was um was one of those and it's, it's kind of curious it's a bush but um anyway I would, I would say that you could characterize the, the goddess hala as like dark feminism which I, I was always attracted to sort of like uh um not just the fertility aspect but the uh the dark side of feminism and uh she is always close to the water table she where when she grows in in the natural world, mm -hmm. it's usually in the, uh, it could be in the floodplain. Um, I think that's where she prefers, although she'll grow anywhere. Um, and so she has this connection to the water table, the well. And, and then I think if you look at uh, some of the uh, Grimm, Brothers Grimm, and some of those uh, stories about um the, the the daughters that go down into the well yeah. and then they yeah. go into a different world and so i think uh hala definitely is the i would say she's the major goddess for the pennsylvania dodge yeah yeah and, that's, um, i would agree <clears throat> she's dark um and i think she's she's, she's also they would always plant her in the garden um and she's a uh, Identified with the hearth, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, she protects uh, the family. Yes, and, definitely. Uh, yeah.
and and dark not to mean necessarily bad there's a dark side to her but definitely well it's not all bad well for sure. in, in heathenism or germanic heathenism um uh dark and light every right every god or goddess contain aspects of both there's no like good and evil right exclusively. like we all are yeah exactly. like that yeah, we all have that in us it's yeah. more natural right and, for uh, sure yeah so so is she accepted i mean i know like from the erglava framework that she's a very important deity to them but that's because of the pennsylvania dutch influence is she widely accepted in um generally in heathenry oh like, absolutely yeah Holla, holda even hell h-e-l yeah. um and she has this uh connection to uh the underworld yes and um especially in Germany, very, very powerful. Um, although she's also in Scandinavia, Iceland. Um, but um, I, I I, still, we just gave away two large bushes that I rooted out. I just, I, I think I was trimming, I got some complaints about how large the bush was. So I just- From me? I forget who it was. It was me. <laughs> so I, I just <laughs> took the hedge thing and cut off. After asking permission. No. Anyway, yes. <laughs> I gave I gave them life, so they, they have to listen. They have to heed the master. Uh, so anyway, the the branches were on the ground. This was like you know, February, March, or something before the leaves leaving leafing. And I came back like um, several weeks later, mm. months later, and I saw some of the branches were, that were laying on the grounds were starting to root out. So I just grabbed a couple of them and stuck them in a pot or the ground, and um, that's how we I got those bushes. And because um, she always throws out runners, I, I think that's why uh, Susan had so many of them because uh, they throw runners, yes. the roots, and uh, um, and then uh, you just disconnect it, and then you have a individual plant. So I still I, I started two new ones this year already. And we have one or two from maybe more recently. We got discovered of some really large ones. Well, we we rehomed them because they're going to a really special place. My friend Sarah, Iron Rabbit Run. But it's really interesting because your clever wife thinks, oh, you know, we're just going to trim it back and it's going to be a lot Less easier, <laughs> a lot easier to maintain. But the truth is, in fact, it actually only became more prolific the more you cut it, the more it grew. Right. It's um. It's it's an easy it's an easy grow. Yeah, it really really is. I mean, yeah, like anybody there's... can grow it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, very very true. So thank you so much for sitting down and talking with us about about elder. Um, I, I actually asked my other guests. Well, here's some echinacea. I oh, started. Nice. Uh, well, I didn't start them. I just saw that they were there. <laughs> because like that's a lot easier to yeah you definitely um sarah was very impressed with our garden you definitely have the green thumb um not for germinating seeds though so <laughs> can't just tell you well what i've been asking everybody is do they associate in their experience this is all about your personal experience with the plant yeah. or and or the okay. deity right okay. do you associate an animal with the plant because i know rob yes. when i did the art i did the distal thing yeah. for him but what would you say you associate the deer. oh right yeah. tell me about that yeah uh, like on we had this field that 
went back. It was on the floodplain, and uh, it went back. They they stopped farming the field because it because mm. it was flooding. Right. And they, they do this a lot here in Berks County, where they 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 farm into the wetlands, mm. and sometimes they pay the price. But it, they also very the soil is very good. But anyway, so this field went back, and um, young trees sprouted up, and it was returning to the wild. And um, I found there was elder there, and not only was there elder there, but you would go in, and there was like this circle that was worn down. Wow. Evidently, this is where the deer went to um, to hunt. And... Um, so I always had this association with that, uh, with the with the elder. Again, my own experience with these plants. Right. That's my strong point. I'm not such a great scholar. Right. But I've had some experience with that. No, that's really interesting. I thought you were going to say that they eat the berries. No, there would be thousands of hoof prints. Wow. And and it was like in a circle. Wow. Around, I think, one of the. Elders. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, wow. This is the way the field should remain. That's amazing. Yeah. So. And that was along the socketing, uh, which is where I got a lot of my experiences. It's from these uh, streams. Here, the one is the Manitoni. Right. Very similar. Very similar. Yeah. The Manitoni is a very special place. So the Saucony. Um, was in Sullivan County? No, the Saucony. Oh, that was in Kutztown yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Richmond, Richmond Township. Richmond Township, gotcha. Okay, because I think we're it talking It goes about... from Kutztown, like from Bowers, out to Virginville. Bowers. That means little bears. Yeah. So then what do you do when you harvest your elder? Um, our birds really enjoy it, but then when you when you harvest it, you like to make syrup. No, well, I mean, I'd like to make jam. <laughs> it's so tricky. It is very, I don't know. Do you think it's because we, like, jam is it always vegan, right? Like, what's the problem? It's just tricky. No, no, it was a problem before. Uh, it, I don't know. It's tricky to make jam. If I knew the answer to that question, <laughs> we would uh, we would be making jam. Yeah. It's something to do with the, uh, the uh, what is that stuff? Sure, sure, sure stuff? Sure gel. Sure gel. And the amount of sugar, yeah, but the the taste and the color. Can you describe the taste if nobody's ever if if they've never had it before? Because you, I don't you, know if I can describe the you, taste. It's very distinct. Very yeah, uh, it has a very distinct taste. And the color. Oh, the color is just absolutely the beautiful. Is just beautiful. And um, so you know when you you pick the berries, and they, they're in like a branch with it's like a. A cluster of grapes, like on a yeah, and then you um, you remove the the blackberries from the the stems, and then you just have those, and they're very tiny. And then you um, see what do you do? Oh, we, you cook it, right? You cook it because otherwise it's mildly, supposedly mildly poisonous. So <laughs> it contains a little bit of cyanide or something. Um, and then after you cook it, then it's fine. After you just cook it that initial right. time, it's fine. Then you, I think you, you strain out mm -hmm. the seeds yeah. until you just have the, uh, 
the juice. Right, right. And then you bring it back to a boil and you add the sure gel and the sugar and then you um, put it into jars. And yeah. Just all the timing is very clear. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, actually, there's a question. Rob was talking about his great aunt making elderberry pie, and I thought, I wonder if you've ever had that. That sounds like something we should experiment with. That sounds really no, good. No, my mother made, a, and she did it on a, a coal stove. Wow. Kitchen coal stove they had. And um, cooking on that, those things are, I love those things. Uh, um, it's like, uh, they, they even heated hot water with them. Wow. Yeah, they, they got it to be very sophisticated. And the way things are going here, we might get one. <laughs> uh, I never, I mean, your mom was such an interesting person from what I've heard. Like she was, she was a hunter, but she also did things like making jam. I mean, that's a very laborious uh, process. process. Yeah. Kids love it. No, I just she mean, five of them. it's a lot of work, the canning of it all. So that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, she didn't even use the lids. They just poured uh, wax over Oh, the... really? Oh, that's so cool. And uh, that's how she did it. And, oh, that's so neat. Yeah, it was like uh, this time of year. Yeah. Or maybe, no, no, I guess it was a little, a July, little later. July or whatever. July. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're like summer vacation. Right. Your mom did it all, though. That's really cool. Oh, yeah, she was a hell of a... Very... She, she, she was known as the Purple Lady. Oh, and the elder. Oh, I never put that together. She was called the Purple Lady. Wow. She drove a purple station wagon and listened and had a purple purse and wore purple makeup and had pur a purple <laughs> fingernails. How did she get a purple station wagon? It was a Ford LTD and it had air conditioning. And they made it in purple. Eight track stereo. <laughs> uh, well, those eight track players. And she would get on the highway and stick in a, a eight track. And back then, the interstates were kind of brand new. Yeah. And so she would get so she'd be doing like seventy miles yeah, an hour. Like she'd get us so into the music. She'd go right by the exit. <laughs> <It sounds laughs> she'd be familiar. going up the wrong way. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! Yeah, you get. You know, that's something about driving and listening to music on, on, on a highway that's just so wonderful. And, you know, you definitely get into like a trance. That's she very was like cool. Albert and the I was wondering, what was she listening to? That's so funny. She liked the Supremes. Yeah. Oh, nice. The Supremes are supreme. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. She's yeah. a hell of a lady. Yeah, she really was. It's very, very cool. She was a wonderful artist. She yeah. was a wonderful hunter, apparently. And then she also had, you know, the yeah. jam. Yeah, I was, her, awesome. I was her favorite till I went to the dark side. Till you went to the TP. <laughs> yeah. Did she learn things like that from her, like, mother and grandmother? Yeah. Yeah? That's very cool. Yeah, uh, she, they, she, they, my father and mother were out of Reading. Reading was like a different town. It was like a very Pennsylvania Dutch town. And yeah. It had like, I think like seven or eight breweries. Wow. Had the train. It was quite a town. It had a lot of, it was, it's, it, it's a very cool place. Like just the geography stuff. of it. 
and and you know the pagoda just in and of itself like and that whole area like where um sarah's place is it's very very wild well that was wonderful thank you so much for you're chatting very, with us and very welcome. i could really just picture all of the things that you were describing very very beautiful i love that association with the deer that makes a lot of sense to me um especially with the tree idea yeah very good so thank you so much hunter you're very welcome and Best wishes for your jam to sure gel. <laughs> we'll see you at the Folk Festival. Yeah, and you know what? I have to say, like, it took me, I'm very stubborn. It took me several, several years to warm up to the elder. But now that I have, I just love it so much. I love it a lot. So, well played, sir. Yeah. <laughs> have a good day. Mox good. Yeah.